Well, so then what's, what's the Abraham Lincoln quote? We're, we're, we're starting the show on, on, a, on a weird note, but the Lincoln be... Uh, this was... Yeah, the, I, I always wonder if this is one of those things like where it's like uh, there's the misattributed Einstein quotes, but there was the one from Lincoln, allegedly, whatever you, uh, whatever you are, be a good one. Anyway, that, that's, that's not Gene Munster. Uh, <laughs> my point was... so Even, you, you, even you, I don't really know what you're talking about. No, there was a thing, and this this and I, this is stolen from a Mike Birbiglia comedy special. But there was that one quote about from Abraham Lincoln that is something something something. If you're going to be something, be a good one. I don't know, but anyway, the reason I brought this up is that you uh, off air on the off air online offline, um, you were saying that there's some people in the tech media industry that might not be impartial. But but again, as we talked about last week, not everybody can be a Peter Kafka. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Media, and, be a Peter. If people want to hear us discussing that um, at length, I'd encourage anybody to go back. I think to last June and listen to our uh, podcast around WWDC, where I, we discussed that extensively. Wait, what did we discuss? The uh, <laughs> um, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> the um, lack of impartiality around some uh, T word. Oh, news the, the whole the, the self, well, selfies in Apple Park and that that whole bit. Well, no. Let, hey, let's let's yeah, let's let's all cozy up in, in the paid for podcast studio and eat mm-hmm. Apple branded Oreos. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that that was, that was Microsoft. Treat yourself to a, a, a thin meeting with Oreo thins or whatever. Oh, <laughs> I have a remind me very very much offline. I have a, I have an oddly uh, real story about yeah about that specific thing. Okay. Um. Okay. So that was no, that was a messy intro, but I, I do have one. Um, shower thought uh that was originally some some, excuse me i have a shower a shower thought that i was going to use as the intro before this this is a family show carlos you know what a shower thought is right i do i I want to know is this is this a safe for the show do you not do this isn't a bit i i don't i don't know i don't know what you're i guarantee on this very program we have talked about this multiple times can i safely google search that Yes, but also, well, no, but don't Google it yet. <laughs> do, do you, so we, I think we've covered that, um, so the, the initial question, uh, do you prefer showers or baths? Is that even a question? Uh, Shower, showers, big, of course. Correct. Not, not a monster. Wanna, well, you want to swim in your own filth. Anyway, but <laughs> don't you, I think like it's, it's a universal human condition that people do their best thinking in the shower. Is that not correct? Hmm. Yeah, How okay. have you never thought about this? You've never heard the term shower thoughts? No, I don't think so. Okay, well, anyway, it's a, it's a very safe for work term. It's just it's something you think about. In the sh- there's something that is like a, uh, like a eureka moment that you get in the shower. Anyway. I'm still not going to re- Google search it. I, I fear that would lead some weird places. No, no, it's fine. But again, uh, com- uh, command shift N. It's the, you know, the usual. Anyway, my point was going to be that... Um, uh, Pitbull is the Guy Fieri of music. Is, didn't That's we? Already, didn't we already do this? I don't know if we did. I don't know if it's original thought. Everything old is new again. But uh, yeah, I feel like again, that was both, a show opener recently for us. I don't. I really don't think it was. But anyway, that that was my shower thought. But we got extra mileage out of it because you apparently don't know what is a very, very, very common turn of phrase. Well, you know, I can't know everything. <laughs> Okay, so back to one other thing that that you that that's upset. 
how do you get your 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 news about the how how do you stay informed of of of, of all the the T word stuff? Well, I'm on I'm on Mastodon now. That no, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm actually not. Um, no, I'm RSS feeds. I'm a I'm a big um, um, reader or uh, user of uh, Reader R E D E R. And I I mean I've been I've been pretty consistent with the RSS thing ever since. I mean you introduced me to it in college. Like I've I've stuck with it ever since then. Yeah, I'm, I'm like the guy who gave Giannis his first basketball. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's exactly pretty, what pretty much. Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, man, RSS sounds like like that would just absolutely be hell. Yeah, every, everything um, else is kind of come and gone for me. I mean, dig but then, and but various what, social what, networks and stuff. But RSS. What has do been you subscribe to? Um. Well, I, mean, I can tell you. So I've got um. Basically, just three categories: uh, entertainment, uh, like T-word circle blogs, which are which is just currently daring fireball and the six colors member feed. I don't really know why I have those two in their own category, but I do. And then T-word news, which I have um, nine to five Mac, Ars Technica, The Verge, Electric, and Engadget. Well, um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. How? How many articles would that? That's the part where I feel like RSS has lapped itself. Like The Verge publishes like three hundred things a day. Like how busy is that I, RSS feed? I must have a. I think they have different RSS feeds because the one that I subscribe to them kind of just seems to be like their top news story and top news stories, and it, it maybe posts twenty to thirty things a day. And overall, I would say that I probably get. I don't know what it ends up being. Maybe like 150 to 200 links a day or so. Well, and let me ask, uh, how do you find this? Because I I haven't used RSS in a, a decade. And the last time I used it, I remember that kind of in every browser in the address bar, there would be a little um, a little thingy that looked like the little... What is the what does the icon for RSS look like? Isn't it doesn't it kind of look like Wi-Fi too? It does, uh-huh. Yeah. Like there used to always be that little thing that's like, hey, like subscribe in your bookmarks bar or whatever. But now I'm I'm on theverge.com and like normally you would just scroll to the bottom and there'd be an RSS, but like just nobody nobody uses RSS anymore. So where do you where do you find the RSS feed? I think usually I just Google search website RSS, you know. And they'll have like a like usually a unique link. That's got all the RSS URLs. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So that, I mean, that's that's odd. I mean, I that system. Yeah, I mean, it definitely works. But like, I thought you were a devout tech meme user. No, I mean, like, I is this is this a website you're unfamiliar with? I mean, I've heard of it, um, but me loading it shortly before we started recording this evening was the first time I've been here. Um, in a long time and it look it look honestly looks like not much has maybe changed in like the last 15 or 20 years um, of the design of this website well but that's that's the whole deal which it's it's just like they have human editors and it's an aggregator of the biggest stories across technology media and like it's great and the one thing i really like about it so like so does that uh, mean it, does that mean it can't look nice i mean I, why did, why, does, why it, does it have to look like how, it's from 1998 i don't get it but like how could they improve it? Like it, it by the making legibility, it not look bad. 
No, but the legibility is perfect. Like I'm able to figure out what's going on in the world of technology in like 30 seconds. There is no cruft. It is just pure. Like it's in an era where every website looks over-engineered and bad. Like TechMeme is like the oasis in a desert of just garbage. No, it just looks under-engineered and bad. Well, but that's the whole point. Again, it's it's okay. like it's it's no, but again, it's like why, why do you buy OXO stuff? Because it gets the job done how, in the best how, way possible. How dare you compare this website to OXO? Oh, no, what, it's what perfect. An insult to OXO. No, here here's the thing. So I I'm I am decidedly old. I'm I am in my late thirties. True, and I have I have learned because like I had to buy some. I've been doing some more baking than usual recently, and I had to buy some new measuring cups and measuring spoons. And I thought about, hey, should I look up reviews? Should I go stare at Amazon for a while? No, I just, I, I, like, I'm now super old. And I, through the wisdom I have acquired from being on this earth for over three decades, is no, you just buy the, you buy the OXO thing because it's the, it's the best thing. And you, the time you save from not having a comparison shop and try to save $6, it's just, you buy the OXO thing. Anyway, so OXO is, is, is the heuristic and it's the shortcut for, the correct thing. You know, and TechMeme is perfect in that way. Well, I'm glad anyway. it works for you, but I find this to be a very ugly website. But they, it, to bring this full circle, no. <laughs> they do have a little RSS logo right at the top of their homepage. So they still well, make yeah. it easy. Uh, maybe, you know, okay, maybe, well, I'll, maybe I'll, it's, you know, I'll add it. No, it's, it's perfect. Again, like how do I get 100% of the news I add, <laughs> I add for the show? It is this website. The one thing that I really like, though, is so are you at the TechMeme homepage? Uh, unfortunately, I still am, yeah. Oh, my God. You're so sassy today. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so you see where it says enter TechMeme snapshot date? Um, no. The, the very top of it, dead center. Tech, the, uh, no, I don't, I don't to the see right of, To the right of the logo. You're not using an iPad, are you? Oh, well, I, you have to actually click the today's date in order for then the like enter snapshot date to come up okay so type so, in, so, so did i accidentally load the web page from like 2002 is that what happened oh my god so difficult all right so <laughs> so go type in so where it says enter snapshot date let's mm -hmm. pick something random so just type uh june 13 uh 2017 and just hit enter okay all right well net and the website looks exactly the same. Yeah, I'm not surprised exactly because continuity. And so we're transported back to 2017, and the top story is that Travis Kalanick is taking leave, is being stripped of his duties. Um, see, this this is the heyday. Hmm. Mozilla launches Firefox 55. How do, how do I get back to today? Oh, I just I guess I just go. You just click the, the logo here, and there we go. Yeah, like it, it's great. I. Uh, I feel like you're playing a bit. Like this is one of the most important websites on the internet. Oh, I, I'm not at all commenting on its um, content, but it's just a it's just a very ugly website. It's it's very functional. It's it's oh my god. Ugh. Okay. Anyway, I I apologize to Gabe Rivera and everybody who makes this wonderful service. Uh, apparently, making good things is 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 non fashion. Because <laughs> um, the alternative is, do you remember so? Go, I, I actually had the, so the only reason I was here is because um, they also run a website called Media Gazer, which is basically the exact same thing except for um, like the publishing and uh, media world. So are you familiar with a website called Gawker? 
vaguely. Yeah. Oh my God. How is Media Gazer an even uglier website? Stop. What is, Stop. What is happening here? Oh my God. Why? Again, why you're why? getting. You're getting older too. You should be happy. Like you. You feel like you sound like you're from the TikTok generation. Why are there all these links to what look like? Yeah, a lot of them are like Twitter links. What? Like what? What? Well. Oh. <laughs> no, so go back to uh, so sorry, go back to tech meme. Let me show you the most important feature. Do I of have tech to? Meme. Okay. Oh my I'm I'm oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Can't tell if you're if you're playing a bit otherwise I'm, I'm or really, you're being, or you're or you're really being not. objectionable. All right. So hover over any of the tweets. So don't click on any of them. Like it's a quick and easy way to just see what people relevant to the story and influential are saying about said story. So that's where I got my uh, Gene Munster tweet. I, where I, apparently he's he's on a first name basis with Mark Zuckerberg. Okay, I've been curious where you come across Twitter links because like I, I don't because I don't use who, Twitter. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, like because that's what's perfect. Like so, so if you scroll down to like I don't know anything about chat gpt i don't know who greg brockman is but i apparently know that he is one of the founders of or one of the people who runs open ai like there's just stuff there's always stuff and this is where i get a bunch of my peter kafka content so no so this is great anyway so the the point the reason why i was bringing up cocker which is a which is a which was a terrible website then that got then got sued uh out of existence and then got brought back so go to gawker g-a-w-k-e-r.com now that is the worst designed website in the world. This is the opposite of tech meme. Well, what is it? G A W K E R. Is that what you said? Dot com. Cocker mm-hmm. dot com. Yeah, I don't don't love this either. So click on menu in the upper right. Okay. Oh dear. Yeah, this is the the worst. Yeah, it's like bad. this 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 is the opposite. It's like that one time. Do you remember when Bloomberg hired? Um, Josh Topolsky from The Verge, mm-hmm. and then all the finance people got mad that he he, he basically made the premier business uh, news website like like a website that tech people want. Yeah, it didn't didn't go well. Well, anyway, I mean these these websites are all just bad in different ways. Well, yeah. The, the, do you think The Verge is a good website? Not the well, content, but the design of it. I haven't really been to like the Verge's homepage in a while because again, I just subscribe to their RSS feed. Um, but the but the the but Tech Meme looks like an RSS feed. It's a more functional RSS feed. Now Reader looks a lot nicer than Tech Meme's website. Um, the, the Verge is what is even going on with this? It's it's so so. Not my not le- my the, not le- my the the legibility of the Verge compared to Tech Meme. I mean. You're you're gonna pick one, okay? What is Titanfall? I don't even care. It's a it's a video game thing. Okay, I just again old age. I, I'm I'm learning to cut my losses and to know when I shouldn't have to care about something. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna what what is the OXO of? Uh, oh yeah, no, it's tech meme. Okay. You're you're being you're being more efficient with your um with your focus. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Oh man, today was a weird day, but that is the least true statement you have ever said, Uh, and not not that you had to have known. But oh man, okay, we'll we'll, we'll come back to that. Oh jeez, okay, (laughs) follow up. Uh, You you posted this. I I assumed you got the link from TechMeme, but apparently not. What's the deal with one password? 
Um, so we, when talking about one password eight back whenever that came out slash we upgraded to it some sometime last year, question mark. Um, I think one of the things that we both didn't really love was that it, they made it a lot harder to drill down into specific categories of items that you had saved. So like, I think the use case that we both used was um, saved credit card information. Um, and kind of specifically, one of the things that was difficult was that it was it really wasn't very easy to search within a specific list of item types. Um, and there, there's a big update coming to one password eight. And that's, that's one of the features that they're, um, bringing back. Um, and, and this, this nine to five Mac article, which will be in the notes, you know, cites specifically that that feature was a, um, you know, feature of previous versions and people had kind of, you know, wanted that to, uh, come back. Oh, I didn't even notice that was broken, but the bigger thing is, and (laughs) did they mention they're going to fix this is that. Is a family show. I'm gonna try to fix my language. The the on OS 10, the fudging window never remembers what size it is, and it's been broken for a year. Like that's worse. But I did not know that you couldn't just search only for like logins. I huh. think actually maybe it was even you had come up with like some kind of weird workaround where you could you could kind of still do it, but it it wasn't anywhere nearly as easy as it was in previous versions but apparently well no i remember you had to be you had to do a bunch of stuff where if you go to one password because it's and i'm i'm not mad that it's an electron app like i I don't care i just i like i'm happy there's something that's at least kind of sort of native but no but you had to go into the appearance thing and you had to just like with gmail you have to tell it you want it compact as opposed to comfortable and you have to make it show categories and like there was a lot of button clicking you had to do to make it look like the old one password seven and before, but yeah, why, why won't you ever remember what size of window you are? And it's not, it's not just one Mac. It does this on my laptop too. And it, it's really frustrating. I, well, I wonder if maybe that is kind of an electron thing. No, but Slack never, Slack's always the same size. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Again, like Slack is, Slack is broken for other reasons. Like uh, my, the unread badge is always wrong on my iPhone. And it's been like that for three years. I, I um, it is it is weird that that used to work perfectly and hasn't now for years. I don't know what changed. Like, and, and it's never wrong on the. Oh well, I'm gonna jinx it now. It's gonna be broken here too. Here too. But no, it's never wrong on 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 the Mac side. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, let's move to Discord. I don't even know. I'm, I'm too old to know what that is. Like, I know I know what it is. I'm too old to learn what it is. Like, I joined the Relay one for a minute, and I was just confused, and I closed it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, the other bit, you can throw a link in the show notes. There was uh, Gruber had a good article um, just kind of mulling over what the Apple VR AR situation is. And like he, he echoed a lot of stuff that we'd already said. I'm sure he's not aware of our show, but like about kind of like, what is this possibly used for? What is the point of this? And he came with ultimately the same takeaway that I, and I believe you also had, which is that VR is actually not that interesting. It's whenever the technology advances to the point where AR is feasible, like everybody sees the clear potential and usefulness of like a, uh, 
technological and digital overlay on real life as opposed to something that takes you completely out of the real world. But um, overall, like, no, it was it was a very interesting and, and well well reasoned um, suggestion of kind of the different ways that it can go and kind of what how exciting or useful any of those outcomes could be. So, no, definitely worth a read. Mm-hmm. Link will be in the notes. All right. What do we have in terms of main business? So you want to do the streaming stuff first, or do you want to do the EV stuff first? Uh, business owner's choice. Let's do the streaming stuff. I feel like there's a little bit more there this week. Okay. Um, one of the things I thought was more interesting was um nielsen did like a big kind of summary of um popular streaming programming from 2022 um and there's a lot of really interesting things about this so it it shows you know like the top 15 streaming programs overall it calls out it has another section that specifically calls out like originals another section that focuses on movies um acquired content so there's a lot there's a lot of interesting breakdowns the thing that really stood out to me which which wasn't really a surprise at all because we've talked about this very topic on the show but these these metrics really made this clear was that disney plus has no original um programs in the top 15 but they have almost all the movies <laughs> movies in the top 15 i mean they've got like at least 75 percent of them um which i think really kind of speaks to the state of disney plus which is they obviously have a lot of great back catalog content and they've you know been pretty aggressive about bringing you know, new releases to Disney Plus, or in some cases, just putting movies directly onto Disney Plus and skipping theatrical altogether. But their original programming has been lacking. And granted, I think the the definitely one show they would have that would have you know cracked the top fifteen here. I think would have been The Mandalorian, but there there wasn't a new season of that in twenty twenty two. So, but yeah, I mean, other than that, there's just there's not a lot of original disney plus content you can point to and and you know these nielsen metrics kind of support that well so a quick points of order i'll just use you as google for a minute um man so sorry mandalorian season two or three that was not 2022 that was the um correct that was the um end of um god so that mandalorian mandalorian's had a kind of a weird run so season one came out when disney plus launched at the end of 2019 they actually like i think concurrently filmed seasons one and two or they basically like did them back to back basically season two was in the can from a um um what's it called filming i guess standpoint just prior to the pandemic so season two ended up coming out like a year after season one so it actually came out at the end of 2020 and then um well some spoilers here so then they came out with kind of like a a side show at the end of 2021 the book of boba fett that actually halfway through the season <laughs> just became like the mandalorian season 
five, like like literally the Mandalorian just kind of took over the show. Um and so that was the very end of, of twenty twenty one. So that was the last Mandalorian content that we've got. So then twenty twenty two there was nothing. Because season three was delayed by just, you know, all the kind of COVID backlog stuff that's been been going on in TV and film production. Oh, yeah. Okay. And Boba Fett was one of the apostles. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. But then, but wasn't that the, that Andor, Endor, Endo, what would that, that show? Wasn't that 2022? Yeah, it was. And that was an absolutely fantastic show and i i'm it's um i hadn't really thought about that in this context but yeah that is kind of kind of a bummer that didn't that didn't crack the top 15 because that show was really good well but that doesn't mean it has to be watched by people like there's a lot of things i mean like that but i guess that's the thing which is that maybe disney should rethink about how much uh blood they're trying to get out of the the stone with star war i mean i I, just how I, I feel like it's it's a crowd pleaser and it's a it's in terms of a retention tool. Like a lot of people really like that, but that stuff probably doesn't move the needle for a lot of people. But, but anyways, I was going to ask like, what about that Wandavision show? Was that twenty twenty two? Was that twenty one? I don't really follow the the Marvel stuff, so I'm the wrong person to ask about that. Well, because like, aren't those all the shows that they've made in terms of like like any like in terms of like because they had like uh hey here's what's happening inside Pixar and then there was that Kristen Bell like let's something where people get to relive a, a high school memory or something but everything else has been um like it's it's been all like it's either it's either a wandavision the like three different star wars shows and i think there was one other marvel like but there's been no other there have been no normal like non-sci-fi ip disney plus shows right they've done some They've done some other shows. Like I think there's a like a Cars show, but there's like but they don't they haven't done anything that's like an Apple TV Plus. Like just like hey, here's a regular show that could be on HBO or could be on that's just like a a, a mm-hmm. thing that doesn't really have anything to do with our IP. Like no, they, they haven't. They, they haven't, haven't come shows. out with the 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 gritty Mickey Mouse origin story yet. Well, no, but that like I'm just saying, like a regular show, like a, a Severance or a Ted Lasso. Like there, there is no Disney Plus original that's not like some weird sci-fi thing, right? That feels yeah, like that, kind of a mis- so. That feels like an unbalanced streaming service, right? Like it's a bunch of back catalog stuff. So like, so let's let's go let's go back to these charts. Because I actually hadn't looked at this before now. Um, so top streaming movies. A lot of this. One, Zootopia came out in like 2013. Coco, as we've talked about, great movie, but not new at all. Number eight, Frozen, is over a decade old. Like the reason this matters is that it like this is just this is not necessarily speaking to the quality of Disney Plus as a service. It's more so that children exist. Like that's that's all this is proving. Like Moana has a good soundtrack but like that movie is almost a decade old like half of this list is stuff that is not new whatsoever so this is just evergreen content yeah you're you're not wrong i think it also does highlight also too though that i mean disney has a much richer history with movies than they do tv and so that i think that sort of imbalance of experiences is coming out here too 
my challenge to that would be that I know we don't have this data in front of us, but if we talk about just movies watched in terms of like total streaming minutes viewed entirely, Netflix has to come out on top, right? It's just that the most desirable or most rewatchable content, like the the marquee names are going to be Disney movies. But in terms of like breadth of content, no, Netflix probably still wins. Well, yeah, I mean, Netflix, I mean, they, like so they, they content. Yes. Yeah. I mean, Netflix dominates, you know, the overall top 15, they come basically completely dominate the top 15 originals. I mean, they, they literally have the top 10 and they have 13 of the top 15. Um, and ironically, the only other service in that top 15 is prime video, <laughs> which um i wouldn't have guessed um but yeah i mean netflix still i mean for all of the for all of the you know stories about their kind of decline i mean they're they're definitely still number one well no and and that's that's where i hate that narrative is of the that netflix that netflix is dying or the netflix is evil or and we'll eventually get to the whole streaming password sharing crackdown thing but like no netflix provides a heck ton of value for people and I, I just don't know why people like get mad and don't want to admit it and try to pretend that like all these other services that are just throwing away money uh because they make a, a type of content that appeals to a very specific type of person like that's i don't know feel feels weird but the one chart that i actually find really interesting is is the because this is kind of the this actually this, i think this relates to you a bunch which is that You've said that you and and the wife frequently will try to find like a watch, like just kind of in the background or just kind of like a, hey, let's rewatch this type of thing. Like you bounce between shows on that. It's the, the we, ha- we have a show in the rotation that's, yeah, an easy 20 minute watch that we will watch an episode or two of before bed. Yeah. Like, and also we talked about the, I forget what, what the context of this was. It might've been related to, um, like the only, the only time I ever watch CBS is sometimes when there's a sporting event, but who on earth is watching ncis uh, lots and lots of people evidently. <laughs> uh, i don't know what a coco melon is but yeah uh, again bluey is a fantastic kids show people should watch that even great for adults good that's that's a good you know in, instead, instead of watching friends watch bluey people but um yeah I, I don't know what the rest of these are um and i'm surprised that the simpsons gets that much traction just because it kind of feels like it's not at Piece with the Disney Plus message, like I'm, I'm surprised that that didn't get shuttled off to being under the Hulu umbrella. I was gonna say, I think the the Simpsons was. Um, I don't know if that had had the Fox acquisition happened before Disney Plus launched. I think it did. It, it I remember, did. I remember right? it being yeah. a lot. Like because the whole thing was that they um, didn't include the the like because the Simpsons was made in its like first 15 seasons in the like standard four by three aspect ratio and everybody was mad that they did the the cropped 16.9 yeah and that, so that was that, that that was part of the launch yeah um yeah. so even though it's now been over four years it, it is still weird to associate the simpsons with disney but here we are yeah anyway th- this is interesting data um and again this speaks much more to the whole everybody wants to try to pretend netflix is dead or over and everybody hates netflix um no you're you're all still watching so stop complaining <laughs> <clears throat> actually at the at the same time do you want to talk about the password sharing stuff sure yeah yeah so i mean with this 
So Netflix has they had that one weird bad quarter. Like I'm sure we can check the the tech meme way back machine to find out exactly what it was, but um they've been trying to ramp up the the profitability side of things and they introduced their ad supported tier, which apparently is going fine for me. Like for me, and I think we probably agree on this, I can't imagine I don't I don't know who that's moving the needle for. Like, I mean, if you are fine with paying nine dollars for something why wouldn't she be okay with paying 14? Like, I, I, but the other thing is that it's always been kind of a gray area or something that they've just overlooked, but the whole password sharing thing, or as uh, we've talked about in the past, hipster cable, where you just like yeah, everybody subscribes to one service and you all share passwords. And that's just kind of how things were for a certain segment of the population. And like that, Netflix in its quest for profitability or to be more efficient and agile or whatever has been trying to figure out how they can kind of rein that in. And they actually, I think the link that's probably in the show notes is now dead because from tech meme earlier. Oh yeah. They, they, they took off the chart that was on here, but they had a whole thing where you had to log it. Like, so if a device hadn't logged into the, home wi-fi network or ip address of the account holder it would get deactivated or that would flag your account it's like they had kind of a ham-handed or ham-fisted um uh summary of the ways that your account could be suspended due to um unauthorized viewing habits or whatever so there's still some stuff here but basically netflix is cracking down on people who share their account with people outside their household and i don't entirely get the backlash to a lot of it like i also included a link to a hacker news thread that had a lot of comments people like who were like oh i only i only subscribe to the like the the 4k plan because i it allows me to share it with my parents or or whatever and as a result from this change i'm going to cancel netflix entirely and i don't think anybody's gonna be canceling their account so like i just i don't get the frustration here like yeah i i I just i don't get it like have you ever in in your adult life ever shared the password to a streaming service with somebody who doesn't live with you no i haven't haven't done that in a long time like yeah i i I don't i don't i don't get it like and like there are easier ways like things can also fall off trucks like that there are other ways but the indignation related to not being able to like do light piracy anymore like it's just eh, i i i yeah i really don't get it light light treason <laughs> yep yep um all right what's next on these well actually it was uh, the peacock thing i actually think is super interesting too which is that um so peacock the streaming service from nbc universal and comcast uh it used when it launched and did it launch with the delayed 2021 olympics or am i misremembering that well you are you're you're kind of misremembering that the original plan (laughs) for peacock was to launch alongside what was originally the 2020 tokyo olympics but when that got postponed a year uh nbc universal you know they just ended up streaming or you know basically releasing it early or I think it was supposed to maybe come out kind of like shortly before the Olympics or something and have the Olympics be like kind of its big initial, you know, push. But, that, you know, that kind of ended up not really 
being a thing. Mm-hmm. But when it launched initially, it was going to have a free ad-supported tier and then add a premium tier, which was still ad-supported but had um, additional content on it. And then I also had to think, I forget, what, what is it called? Premium Plus, uh, where you get the extra premium content, but it also has no ads except some stuff still has ads. And they have, apparently Comcast has chosen to abandon the free tier. So if you already have it, that's fine. But you are no longer able to create a Peacock account um, and do the the limited library of content and with ads. So it is now exclusively a paid-for service, which is interesting. I mean, because like... NBC is maybe in, not the name that you'd ex, uh, associate with going like strictly paid for. I know we'll eventually talk about Paramount Plus in a minute, but like, yeah, kind of interesting that they're being like, no, that this this is definitely stuff that is worth paying for. Even though I can't think of a single Peacock original, nor do I know if they've ever made any. Uh, people are really excited about uh, this new show, Poker Face, which which is be, <laughs> being described as like Peacock's first good original series. So, and I just I think the first episode of that like literally just came out last week. So, hmm. um, and some some real time follow up. So, Peacock, according to Wikipedia, soft launched for Comcast xfinity cable subscribers because of course it did beginning april 15th 2020 boy what what a time um and then launched nationally july 15th 2020 so that that would have been alongside the tokyo olympics but of course was not Mm -hmm. because again 2020 (sighs) interesting so i mean i don't know like i i get it but i i'm yeah i have like I'm not sure Peacock needs to exist. I I, I don't know. Um, and then what's while we're at it? What's, what was the thing with Paramount Plus? Oh, uh, so fold, folding in Showtime into the service, which previously I think had been like its old like standalone app. And was it like a? Um, well, it was it was like an HBO Go slash Now situation. Yeah. Um, have you, um, a tangent, but this, this relates to the daily, I, I assume we get mostly the same ads. Have you, do you keep getting ads for this Brian Cranston show? I've gotten that numerous times. Yes. Have you looked into it? I uh, know. It's called not. the judge or something. No, I don't know. I like Brian Cranston. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, no, uh, I have not looked into it. No. Well. Then the then them buying three ad breaks uh, every episode is, is obviously not working. So then maybe the podcast ad ecosystem is uh, is, is drying up. My um my episode of the daily actually had two empty ad slots today, which happens from oh, time that's, to time. Oh, I love when that happens when because mm-hmm. this, this happens frequently with with the journal, unfortunately. And I and I, and I really really like the journal uh, podcast, but sometimes it'll be like you'll get the we'll be right back, and then and yeah. immediately just do the regular content. I always I just always chuckle to myself. It's great. Um, or today, you know, today with the daily, I actually, you know, they've, they've had the, um, kind of the pre-roll ad for quite a while now. And for like the mm-hmm. first time since I can remember, I didn't have that this morning. So the, the episode just started and it was, it was like, it was so nice. Oh, I got lapped on the daily today. So yeah, I, oh wait, who, who was on? That sounds like a good one. 
Uh, it's the guy who used to wear 538. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So yes, yeah, so a Paramount. Why are we talking about Paramount Plus? Uh, so yeah, Showtime. Yeah, Showtime. Yeah. With this, I I don't. What is a stronger brand? I feel like Showtime is a stronger brand than Paramount Plus. You know, Paramount Plus is the literally like the one major service that we don't subscribe to in this house. So I have almost no insight here. Yeah, again, and I I think I put it, I don't think we ever actually end up talking about it, but the one thing that Paramount Plus has is is that that's where you can watch Yellowstone, right? Yeah, that's that's like the one show i've heard on that that service that yeah people people really like but it's but it's a real it's it's a real red state show and then that's not me make, passing judgment like it is is 100 like it like there was some good think piece about this but succession is and mad men are the blue state shows apparently yellowstone is the, the i thought, I thought one, there was just yeah. i thought i saw some headline that just that just that was talking about how like the data actually doesn't support that or something i think it still does like I think I think there's more overlap than some people would want to mention, but yeah, it's it's very yeah. Um, no intention of watching it because apparently it is a very uh, unnecessarily violent show. So. Oh yeah, yeah, pass. Anyway, but yeah, Showtime. I feel like Showtime has a bit more brand equity or or has has more usefulness. I mean, I guess maybe kudos to them for not doing an AT and T and trying to just absolutely dilute and just use the hbo name to mean absolutely nothing but um what, wait, what, what, what f- show what showtime shows have you watched uh like ever yeah uh what was it called i mean like i think we all watched dexter for like two seasons nope um <laughs> i do not watch that no um, I, I watched i i remember this i watched half of the first episode and and they got to like the first time he does like his little ritual thing i was like nope 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 not not interested um i watched so there was actually a good show called the circus which was uh it was kind of like a news magazine thing that kind of followed campaigns around it was actually very very useful in 2020 and 2016 uh what was uh was was weeds a showtime show it was in yeah. retrospect that that's a very 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 bad show yeah that that i i mean i watched that like when it was on so that would have been like when we were in college i think and then i think yeah. that's the only time i've ever watched a showtime show uh i think the tutors was also on showtime so oh, I think it was a show that maybe I, you watched I, I did watch that okay yeah um i'm scrolling through their history maybe i actually don't and and there's a, a show called ray donovan that people say is good but i've never had any interest in watching uh yeah okay so maybe it doesn't have as much (laughs) but um anyway but i can't name a single thing on paramount plus other than uh yellowstone i I, I think i think we'll uh, so you know our our easy to watch pre-bedtime show now is fraser which i think maybe i mentioned a week or two ago and um i think they're, they're rebooting Frasier and I, I think that's no. I think that's going to be a Paramount Plus thing if I recall correctly even though that that show aired on NBC and then the back catalog is currently on Peacock I think it's actually a Paramount production so I I assume that those rights were just sold over to you know NBC at some point and 
CBS will try to, I guess, get them back maybe in conjunction with the the new series coming out. But anyway, yeah, um, that'll not, that'll not be as, not necessarily sure who that's for at that point. Also, because I'm like, I mean, anybody who the, it seems like the like the liberal or the type of audience of people who really liked Frasier probably would maybe not be so quite so in love with him ever since Kelsey Grammer kind of turned out to be a. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, well, they they released like apparently some of like the first like plot details of what this um, new series is going to be. But as as somebody who is going through the original series kind of for the first time right now, I I, I didn't look it's into mean that us. too yeah. closely. Does he host a podcast instead of a radio show? <laughs> like, no, I'm actually dead serious. That is probably the premise. They, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, uh, does does your dog join you when you're watching it? And does your dog have an opinion about Eddie? I, I think I sent you that that picture. Um, one of the first times he came on the screen, Branson was very very interested. He did that with um in the in the first episode of uh, The Last of Us. No, no spoilers. They're they're a dog kind of plays prominently in a particular scene and in that Branson was like up on the couch and he jumped down and like walked over to the TV and was very interested. Is that a good show? Oh, the the last of us is it's un- unbelievably good. There's this third episode um that came out on Sunday like I I'm still I'm still thinking about it. It's so good. My kind of show or no? There was, I forget where I saw this, but I thought it was, and it was one of the recaps I read, I think, but it was such a good, not really critique, but just kind of observation of the show, which is um, the first three episodes have been so wildly different from each other that I think a lot of people would enjoy like one of the three episodes, but then like not the other two. Like the, the third episode was basically an entirely different different show that yeah you would have really really liked um but yeah it, it's the, that that shows a bit a little um it's been a little all over the place tonally mm. um but yeah the third, third episode's great uh, nick nick offerman features heavily in it and he is tremendous i've never never seen him in a serious role and oh he was so good hmm Okay. Um. All right, and then rounding out this. Uh, well, actually, two more things. Um. So, I'm not sure if this is this important, but the but the well, he's not one of the Bobs. Uh, David Zaslav, like in his cost cutting moves at um, HBO Max, Warner Brothers, Discovery, JoJo, chose to uh, stop offering some back catalog um, HBO stuff and. Oddly, like I, I wasn't really aware of it. I never watched the show, but I always thought Westworld was one of kind of the premier HBO properties. But even though it got canceled, even not long after it was canceled, like yeah, a couple months ago, they, they're just like, oh yeah, it's it's not on the it's not, it's not on the thing anymore because that gets them out of paying royalties or something to the cast and crew. So uh, it is now getting resuscitated. Have, Man, have you ever had the unfortunate uh, luck of having to watch something on Tubi? <laughs> Not yet, no. It is. Oh man, it's 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 a weird service. It used to be way crappier than it is now, but it is uh, Wiki Tubi. It's owned half by Fox and half by who else? Um, oh, apparently it's owned entirely by Fox now, but but the one that's not part of Disney. 
but it, it used to be the place where just everything that was crappy and like in terms of streaming would go like it, it was never ever there was nothing ever good to watch on it and it was entirely ad supported and you couldn't even pay for it even if you wanted to so everything had like 50 ad breaks and now it actually has like legitimately good stuff on it but it's also still kind of the it i i don't think there's a way to pay for it still so but apparently that's where westworld's going yeah the, um so I'll, I'll point people to i this is the the episode's actually like a month and a half old it's from mid-december but it, it came out around the time that westworld was canceled and then subsequently pulled off of hbo max and they, they they actually i think at one point speculated maybe it would end up on some kind of fast service which is exactly what's ended up happening um but that the episode was really really good um and julia alexander who hosts the show with jason had this really good segment on how pulling shows off of the service entirely is this really kind of short term or kind of nearsighted financial decision that that really hurts and devalues the the HBO brand overall which is something that's been you know built up over many many years and it it was a really good discussion and really went into why the decision to cancel a show is very very different than the decision to just pull a show off the service entirely and how you know the the latter is a very kind of or the former rather is a very kind of reasonable thing to do for shows that maybe have kind of you know passed their expiration date and have kind of you know gone down in popularity which which Westworld certainly fell into um but then the decision to pull it off the service entirely has you know a bunch of other kind of ramifications particularly for a brand like HBO and it would encourage you and others to to listen to that episode it was it was really good and even though you know, obviously there's been some some new developments around this topic since then that that episode i which i just listened to like a day or two ago still still is really relevant and is is really good and again this is the downstream podcast yeah episode 33 so thirsty for content hmm. you remember unsubscribing from that it did like the first couple episodes didn't catch me has it gotten better i think it's really good um it's um one thing I actually was was just thinking about like today as I was catching up on an episode of it is um <laughs> Julia does this thing that that I that happens to me sometimes when listening to a podcast that Syracuse is on where they're both just like so incredibly smart and know so much about what they're discussing that I do sometimes find myself having to listen to something that Julia is saying like two or three times for for me to kind of fully get it because she just kind of mm-hmm. she she packs a lot into what she's explaining and she's just super super knowledgeable about what she's what she's talking about um but i mean that that's not not really a not really a criticism or anything but um that is yeah, one re- unique thing about that show yeah i remember she used to be a frequent guest on the um recode media podcast and she was always a delight so yeah she's good all right, and then what was the last thing? Uh, what do we what do we missing here? I think do, didn't we get it all? Oh, oh the, the the um the Soccer. MLS thing, yeah, yeah, American football. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, like six months ago, Apple went public with having acquired the total 
streaming rights to major league soccer in the u.s um and the pricing and what the plan is actually going to look like for that uh, called mls season pass is going to be is it 15 a month and uh 100 a year Mm-hmm. that's right how long is the <laughs> putting you on the spot how long is the soccer season for well so it starts the end of this month and then trying to remember back to when the previous season ended i think it was sometime in october maybe is when the final was so is that eight months nine months i'm trying to i'm trying to compare the monthly rate versus the year uh well so february through october would be what 10 10 months nine nine months Okay, so you're saving $35 if you subscribe for the entire year. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, eh, I I like I didn't like I don't subscribe to Apple TV Plus. I think I watched their Friday night baseball stuff the first 2 weeks just to kind of see what was what. Um I mean, I don't know, like I I hope this is a flexible like I I like I have nothing negative to say about this. Like I hope that this ends up being an easy way for people who enjoy soccer to get it in a more accessible format and hopefully with like great video quality and stuff like that. And hopefully if it goes well, that it is a, um, an example for how things could go with something in the future for MLB and the NBA, even if it's not out, like obviously probably wouldn't be with Apple, but yeah, I mean, I, I I have zero interest in this, but I but I do hope that it it somehow provides a framework for uh, getting rid of RSNs and uh, the need for cable. Yeah, well, one of the neat things that Apple's going to be doing at least this season is there's going to be certain matches that will be available to all Apple TV Plus subscribers, even if you don't specifically subscribe to this MLS season pass service. And then there's even going to be other matches that are available just to anybody with an Apple ID. So even if you're not an Apple TV Plus subscriber, just like what um, Friday Night Baseball ended up being this past season. So, you know, if you want to kind of dip in and check out the production of the matches and everything you know you'll be able to do that even not you know not being an apple tv plus subscriber yeah and, and i think that's a good like that could be a good gateway drug for america for america. <laughs> that sounds weird uh just like i don't know like I, I don't like the only time i ever watch or experience soccer is back when the the u.s women's team was doing well for like those three seasons like otherwise like i know in Southern California, wasn't David Beckham on the Los Angeles Galaxy for a little while? That checks out, yeah. Like, never watched a single... I'd never watched 30 seconds of U.S. men's soccer. I, I don't think I've ever seen it, ever. So that could be... Like, that, that could be a good thing for the sport in general. I mean, great. Whatever, whatever, whatever takes audience or mind share away from uh, U.S. football is, is fine by me. <laughs> but also, the... Like premier, like the marketing image. What is going on in the stadium? Uh, which which stadium are you talking about? Like, do you have the TechCrunch article open? Oh, uh huh, yeah, yeah. Like, is is the stadium on fire? What is? I don't know. <laughs> no, like, I don't know what's going on. I I could, like because it looks could tell you either. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, neat. Hope works out. All right, and then. 
a couple other grab baggy things or like we, we talked about evs a bunch uh last week or two weeks ago um tesla uh cut the like after and again to for total context and framing uh tesla slowly and sometimes suddenly increased the price of most of their models across the board over the past um 24 months by quite a bit like i think by up to 15 to 20 percent across most models and then last month um because it's now February, uh, reduced that a number of times um, where I think the Model Y saw almost 20% cuts, uh, a lot of which was because they wanted to make the base model eligible for the newly reinstated um, EV tax credits, which I think cap out on cars that are $55,000 and under, maybe. Um, But uh, Ford has reduced the price of the mock e by how much it, I mean, it was the same kind of thing where it, it varied by model so i think it was as little as like six hundred dollars on one of the the lower end tiers and then up to like almost six thousand on the the higher end trim yeah so the media is framing it as like some weird price war, but also is it because how many cars is Ford actually selling? And again, I know, I know that's, that's, that's your, that's your dog. Whistle. Well, yeah, like, this is, it, this is, this is my beat. Yeah. Like there, there's all these headlines about, you know, exponential growth and EV delivery numbers and prices getting slashed. And I think in both situations, the headlines really oversell what's going on like with all this price reduction stuff like don't get me wrong like i want evs to be more affordable i want them to be shipping in larger numbers i want there to especially be more competition for tesla like all of that is fantastic more more of that please in fact my criticism is is coming from the fact that there's not enough of that like these cars are still really 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 expensive for what they are especially and all other manufacturers that that aren't called Tesla are still shipping cars just in infinitely small numbers still like Ford is number 2 now and they I mean they're shipping I mean what is it like in the like 15ish thousand range I think was like their most recent quarterly delivery number like I think I think 2022's total is like 63,000 EVs yeah, total or something like that's just this is not I mean, that's not even not even close to being interesting yet to me so and i and i i know like we were going um on about this in the in the slack where there you know there was some some um quotes from um gm's ceo about you know all these new evs that they have in the pipeline including it's the um um, uh, EV blazer, which the the blazer, yeah, which they which they're planning on, you know, producing at thirty six thousand dollars. Which great, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, do that, please. That sounds awesome. But like, I want to see it. Like, and I, I mean, what would the? I think the 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 quip to you uh, online offline was, let me know when plans to launch actually turns into shipping hundreds of thousands of cars at that price. Mm-hmm. And because there were there's there was some other reporting that came out this week talking about how GM is is you know now producing the the Hummer 
EV. And, you know, I'll like, like I did offline online, like I'll, I'll acknowledge that comparing the production of that car to something like the Blazers, probably not an apples to apples comparison, but I mean, the Hummer EV started being produced actually way back in December, 2021. So it's been in production for more than a year now. And in all of 2022, they only managed to deliver 782 of those cars, which is just, which is just not, which is just not, again, not interesting and not any, like any, anywhere close to being anything yet. So I, mm-hmm. I just, one for every, it's one for every McMansion and Ladera Ranch. <laughs> so, I mean, this has been my beat for, for years now where, you know, all these other manufacturers are, are, are talking a big game saying that EVs, their future, they want to compete with Tesla, all that, but I, they're not doing it yet still. So I want to, I want to see it before I'm just going to believe that GM and Ford and others are going to be able to, to give Tesla a run for their money, which again, I, I 1000% want them to do, but they're, they're not doing it yet. I, I'm more charitable than you a little bit. Like, I think the tide is turning like the, they're starting to ship the, it's, it's not a car for me, but I was, I was looking at a review of it earlier today, but the, cause the, because it's GM and they have so many different brands. They, um, the first all electric Cadillac model is called the Lyric with a Q and apparently oh, that looks that's, nice, but it's, well, but that, but that's that is very but, expensive though, isn't it? Well, no, but that's the thing. So the, the Lyric is a it's about a $66,000 starter car or that's sorry not starter car but that's where the price of that model starts um but it's based off of the same uh this feels like a thing John Syracuse would know is it called platform yeah is that what cars are yeah right. but that's so it's in similar to that the the Audi Q4 is basically just a Volkswagen ID4 with an, an actually quality interior but that but the Lyric is basically the EV Blazer and just the the blazer is the de, decanted de, no decanting is wine de, 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 decontented thank you <laughs> close enough <laughs> um, um but yeah so that i mean like so in terms of them shipping that like i mean they already make the lyrics so they just have to scale that up like so I, so it's coming and i do really appreciate that the the commitment that um gm and chevrolet have had towards like and again i know what you're i can predict what you're gonna say in 20 seconds which is that well show me them actually shipping in volume but that gm and and chevrolet are talking about actually making cars that are actually affordable that people are actually going to want to move the needle because like like tesla like even even a model three is what is the cheapest model three you can get like forty three thousand, something like that yeah like in like the Bolt EUV, like I mean around Marin, I see a bunch of those. That's yeah, that that's that actually is something I'll give GM credit for. That that's a like car they're making, they're that making, they're making EVs that are in the mid twenties. It's just it's just not a very attractive car, unfortunately. I Man, I, lo- I love that well, car exists. I really I I want to like it more than I do, but it it's, it's not it's not really a looker, unfortunately. Well, neither's the Model X. Ah, how dare you! <laughs> uh silly doors the doors open like this <laughs> all right um anyways that that's that's uh what was what was the, the parent story of that uh okay so for, for slashing prices so that was the other thing is that gm said that they are not intending they they don't see a price war going on and they're fine with how their stuff is but also most of their models are 
kind of on the cheaper end of things anyway. So, yeah. And the Hummer EV should not exist. Uh, you know, actually, some some follow up to something I think I said an episode or two ago about if if money were no object, the the Model X would would be the car that I would want. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually gonna I'm, I'm actually revising that. I, I forgot about this Hummer EV. I gross. I, I freaking love this car. <laughs> it's, gross. It's so cool. Like, it, why can't why what, what no? Let's let's have a okay. Let me let's have an intervention. Uh, what what why why. I why? I don't. I just. I just. I just really like the way it looks. Go buy a Rivian. That that seems that seems to scratch the same itch, but isn't mm. doesn't make you look like a doesn't make you look like a piece of shit. <laughs> There's no way. What's wrong to with, what's what's but what but so like, every part of it. But the, you so live like, in Orange County. Every part of it. Well, so the the Hummer thing, like <laughs> back we when there we, we were yep, were yep, kids. Yep. I mean that that you could ding them for the what are those things? Get <laughs> like nine miles a gallon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, every, every every schmuck in Coda de Casa had a, a Hummer H two because they're bad people. Um, but I mean, the, but this going e you know electric kind of solves for that. Although it's one of the headlines oh. I I saw when reading a little bit more about this is that evidently the the battery weighs like more than. <laughs> <laughs> more than a Honda Civic, which probably has some, maybe some long-term um, environmental kind of recycling issues. But uh, so the fuel economy of the Hummer H2 is nine point two miles. Oh wow! I gallon. I just kind of pulled nine out of my butt, but no, it was spot on. I guess I'm like so. So then, why don't you want a G wagon? Like that's that's basically the same thing. Like why? What's why? A, what's a G wagon? It's the car that fucking, uh, um, what's his name? thought you were going to get better uh, about your language. Didn't you say that? No. I, uh, yeah. So this is, uh, it's so, um, sal- salty February. Um, <laughs> what's the guy's, what's, what's the guy's name? The guy, Which Oscar one? the Grouch's friend. Oscar the Grouch's friend. The, the guy that, uh, from Ted Lasso, the handsome guy. Oh, that episode, um, aired. I meant to tell you about that. Did you see, did you see that? I don't have an so three things. I don't have a kid. I don't have an active HBO Max subscription, and I don't watch Sesame Street on the regular. So no, no, no. Oh well, you're you're lost. His episode uh, came out a couple weeks ago, and he he's not in it very long. But it's the part that he's in is pretty good. Okay, let me know when he's on Bluey. Brett Brett Goldstein um, is his name. Yeah, so he he drives a G wagon. G it's a G wagon. Jeez. Yeah, I, I it's it's a car I hate. Like I I I have something that is not appropriate to say on the show, so I won't. But that, oh, this is yeah, one of those I, I this ugly Mercedes Benz things. It is. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Don't care for this. Yeah. But I mean that that's basically the same thing. It's like that. That's the exact same move. No. How that the, how, that, how that the Hummer you? that the Hummer uh, projects. No. Mm. What's different? In terms of being uh, like ugly, ultra expensive, impractical, and uh, is like a middle finger to everybody who isn't the person driving it. How is it different? <laughs> I don't know. I think kids that... say, "Find the lie." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I think the Hummer looks way, way better than this. Like this here's the, here's here's, here's, here's my goal for you, or or here here's my suggestion: just buy an F one fifty. Well, no, just either buy a Rivian, buy buy an F one fifty Lightning. And then go buy like a BMW i3. Like buy buy like the thing. Like I'm going to get groceries three miles away, and then just have like an impractical pickup truck. Like you live in 
Pedal well, no, but but the, the the Hummer EV they they do have a truck version of it, but they also have an SUV version of it. And I'm talking about the SUV versions, but I would no, I, I know, but I'm saying, but just buy a, like if, but but why would you want go like what is it the R is it the S one the Rivian S one maybe I don't really like the called? way that one looks, and yet the Hummer's attractive. I I, I don't mm. I don't tell you, man. I like the way it looks and. What I also discovered when looking at this Verge article, which will be in the notes, is that it comes in a very, very, very nice green color, which also speaks to me. Uh, but this car is is like, I mean, they, they produced 782 last year and they have like 90,000 reservations. <laughs> so this thing's not going to be available for... Well for a while and it and it's it's hopefully it's astronomically expensive too i think it's like 80 or ninety thousand dollars, like at least so not the boom not something i'm in the market for unfortunately i've also i also heard that um it the i think maybe i linked this to you a little while ago about some of the reviews of um i forget which gm car it was well one of their higher-end cars um and one of the knocks against it was it was using a a processor to power its infotainment center that's that was like four or five years old and is like slower than <laughs> even like Android phones that are a couple years old. So like the whole interface was mm-hmm. just really sluggish. And I think I had seen something that the Hummer EV was running basically on that same chip. So that would give me some pause. So I, I want to see what the reviews of the um software interface say because that that's one I'm thing so, I'm, are we are we pretending you're actually ever there's ever gonna be a real no no i mean not 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 really no, no. no. not like, to bring an offline online conversation you, you you got you got talked down to or you got uh your ambitions scaled back about a, a, an office chair you're somehow bargaining yourself up to a hundred twenty thousand dollar car with, no i'm with, not has i'm not actually vision. i'm not actually getting a, a, a new car at any time soon i guess where i was going with that was for all the you know faults of of tesla which of of, you know of which there are many that we've covered here like one thing that i you know i really love about my car is is the the interface and specifically the the responsiveness of it and it's you know it's hard it's hard to to use anything else after you sort of experience that i mean even you know, with the the lady friend's new car, which which I still really really like, like the the CarPlay stuff is like it's it's just you know it's just slow enough where it's got that little bit of extra latency, which especially bouncing between that and the and the Tesla, you just you really you really notice. Yeah, maybe. Um, are you still on the GMC Hummer page? I'm not, I'm not actually on the um the their page itself but i'm happy to go there i'm not but i'm already here so i just sent you a link mm-hmm. so scroll like 33 percent of the way down it has a feature called crab walking yeah i know that's it's goofy that's so dumb there's a couple there's a couple cars that have come out recently that have had something like that and yeah i keep that's that that's not the reason i i like the hummer ev just to be clear <laughs> i can't wait till i make more cities car free uh, um ugh. I hate everything about this. This is such an American. It's product. so cool. You can take you can literally take the roof off the car. Like how cool is that? I, mean, I could I can put it in one of my base, sheds. It'll be great. No, you're basically Casey List right now. Is isn't his whole deal that he always wanted like the fucking Jeep Wrangler? 
because he wanted to be able to take the doors off. I haven't, I haven't listened to that show in a while. I couldn't tell you. Still, this is, this is so, no, no. I'll get to you. Uh, that, um, I, when, when James turns one, I'll, what would, do you remember, well, actually, let me, this is, this will, this feels like more of a show opener question, but did you ever have one of those, um, the power wheels things? Oh, don't, yeah, I we, could do, could we could do a whole episode on that. No, I didn't. We, we could never afford one or, or that was yeah. too impractical for like, we were, we were a very extremely middle-class family and then I don't begrudge that whatsoever, but yeah, yeah, I, I always kind of envied it, but I did not have a power wheels. But, yeah, no, um, we, had, we had some neighbor friends who did, and I was always tremendously jealous of that. Yeah, well, so if 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 by the time uh, your youngest housemate turns one, if if, there, if there's a, a Model X or a Hummer EV version of a Power Wheels, I'll, I'll get that for him. <laughs> um, oh God, there. So I don't know why. So this is from Walmart Plus. Um, everybody's favorite plus. Ugh. what is this here this is the oh well this well i mean this is well actually it is it, it is an ev because i mean i obviously i don't think you put gas in one of these <laughs> you do not no <laughs> but um yeah for four actually i maybe i retract my i didn't realize how much these things cost maybe, maybe we'll go have these on, on a power wheel sphere you get 430 dollars jeez well also where in the world would we possibly store one of these as a okay the, gar- so, garage list hold on house. Whatever you'll deal with it. Northern California has great weather, except for that <laughs> three-week period last month. Um, do you still have the Power Wheels page up? The I, fifth I do. image here. Uh, the kid has a has a trunk on his plastic car full of leaves. That's kind of <laughs> cute. But put that kid to work. I like it. And Good. also, I mean, you know, he's got to he's got to earn this four hundred and thirty dollars toy that he has. Um, also. Th- possibly the world's worst photoshop job there's no way these two children were in the same picture that's, like, that's, that's probably true yeah that is the fakest photoshop i've ever seen also um, this it only goes five miles an hour kind of kind of boring there that's enough to drag race a, a bolt euv <laughs> <laughs> all right uh drives drives on multiple terrains is a uh, highlighted feature here and a a working tailgate sidewalk and sidewalk and road okay (laughs) (laughs) all right um do do, do one okay two two quickies uh so and this is more you than me uh so one ces happened last month wouldn't been able to tell you i'll I'll, I'll believe Uh, you there's a there's a thing called e3 uh Mm -hmm. something you know about that was it already on its way out before the pandemic or did the it, pandemic kill it? Very, no, very much so. It was already on the on the downslide in 2019 and the years before that. And then the pandemic did it, did it no favors. Uh, so apparently um, kind of, kind of the who's who uh, Microsoft, uh, Microsoft, Xbox, Nintendo, and Sony all said they're not going to participate. So what's left? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it, this isn't all brand new news. So Sony was actually going to, um, or the, well, they, they, um, did, um, Sony dropped out of the 2019 event. Um, and then Nintendo hasn't actually had like a presence on the show floor for, for quite a while. They, they do like their kind of online, um direct events which 
you know, I mean, that's, that's the story of E3 and a lot of these big kind of tech conventions where, you know, companies don't need these consolidated media, um, conventions to, to get their message out anymore. I mean, they can just, just do a live stream. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you want to try to make an Apple comparison. I mean, it's, it's, it's the Macworld Expo thing. Like what a- Apple got to the point where they didn't need Macworld Expo to, to dictate their product launch calendar and to get the public's attention when they wanted to launch something, they could just do that on their own. And that's, it's exactly where, you know, the video game industry is now. So, you know, it's, it's a bummer for, you know, nostalgia sake. I mean, you know, I, I loved following E3, um, when I was a kid, um, and got to go one year and it was like, you know, the coolest thing ever, but, um, you know, it's, um, this type of event's just not really necessary anymore in, in 2023. Yeah. Um, it's something I'm sure I've asked you literally 800 times before. I shouldn't buy a Nintendo Switch, right? Is there like a specific game or something that you're interested in? I don't know. One of those low key ones. What's, what's the, the, what's the, the one with the guy? Oh my God. My brain used to work. The one with the, with the bells. Animal Crossing. Oh, I've I've never I've never played that. Oh, do you, do you have a Switch? I or do. Do you have a Switch mm-hmm. and sold sold it? No, I've I've I, sold- I I have it. I I I got swept up in the excitement around it back in gosh 2017, I guess that was. So yeah, I I have one. Do you, do you regret buying it? No. Or because yeah. there's a thing called the Switch Lite, but it's still two hundred dollars. And yeah, games and it, for Nintendo are still, aren't they still like, they're still premium price, so like 50 bucks. And can't give the Switch Lite, isn't, isn't its whole thing like you, you can't connect it to a TV, which is like kind of part of the appeal of the Switch? Is it? I, I always thought the Switch was a handheld console. Well, it is, but that, but like that, that's, 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 that's not the a whole, draw for me. That's the whole, that's the thing. You can switch it between being handheld and a docked kind of traditional gaming device. Mm. Yeah, I haven't had a traditional like, connects to a tv i haven't had a proper video game thing since 2011 yeah well why why start now okay thank you for that um, cheaper than therapy so so i guess some so real-time follow-up so yeah sony was going to drop out in 2019 nintendo actually has had a booth or you know, had a booth at e3 i guess all the way through 2019 but they weren't they hadn't been doing like their traditional press conference in a while. And instead we're doing their like direct events. And then Microsoft started doing a thing, um, which I can't remember if they started doing this pre pandemic or if this was during the um, versions of E3 that have happened since it must've must been, must've been before the pandemic where like Xbox has done sort of like a, events also in la like around the same time as e3 but but which was you know technically a separate event so they were kind of like e3 adjacent so it's it's all like all of this has been kind of a long time coming Mm -hmm. okay makes sense i mean trade shows just have to be over basically right I mean, at, at least you know, in, in the way like, that people remember them. Well, I'm so like, so this is actually something that was also kind of in progress in the couple of the years leading up to the pandemic where E3 used to be like a, 
media only event, but then it kind of started transitioning to becoming like a media and fan event. And I think there's probably still some space for fan events. I mean, people, you know, it's, it's fun to, I mean, I mean, shoot, you and I, you know, with the WWDC thing that we did for, you know, a handful of years, like that, that kind of thing was really fun. Quick question. So isn't there a thing, because it seems like something you might actually go to, isn't there a thing called like G, not G20? What's, isn't there like a Disney fan conference? I think it's called like D20, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like, that's like, wouldn't they, like, isn't that a thing that you might go to one day? Well, no, because you you hear all the stories that you hear, like from events like PAX, where it's like there's just nightmarishly long lines and all kinds of stuff. So, so no, I I would never go. But there's I'm a sorry, lot of it, there's a lot of neat things that that I would be interested in seeing there. But I'm not going like, to stand in line for five hours for. So, so it's called D23, and apparently the D is for dis. Oh, the D is for Disney and 23 is for 1923 when the company was founded. And that's, oh, that's why I keep seeing dumb ads about it's Disney's Disney 100th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if Bob, uh, Bob, I, okay. Mm. No, but I guess my, my point in bringing that up is that, um, yeah, couldn't Microsoft have like a, Hey, well, it's, it's, it's Microsoft day or, or it's, it's like, it's Xbox. Like, can't they have, like, it seems much cheaper and easier for them to one, do media on their own terms but then also have like maybe like one or two a year regional like hey here's insider access and here's everybody who's on youtube gets to come and do a thing that gives you that gives you access to something related to to xbox or sony or nintendo like that that seems easier than propping up this conference that is past its prime and just kind of it's the same reason why I mean, Apple outgrew it for a lot of reasons, but when Apple left Macworld, it's just kind of like, why do we need to plan our entire product cycle and as a resurgent company around this one tech conference that uh, we didn't even really like having our own name attached to? So, yeah. And also D23 is apparently presented by Visa. Because <laughs> even Disney needs... Uh, Sponsors? I don't know. All right, chef specials. Um, you you go first. I have to see if I actually have one this week. Okay. Uh, mine is going to be very, 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 very niche. Well, actually, it's it's well while you while you're trying to mull yours over. Let me let me ask. Do you own any air tags? Uh no, I I do not. Okay. Uh it's a product that I had had zero interest in, but um like a couple months ago I got my first proper bike and I thought well city environment might be nice to be able to have some way of tracking it. So the product that or the suggestion I have for you I, I this is not an endorsement cuz I don't know if this is any good or not cuz I've never actually had a chance to use it. Or I mean I've installed it but I don't know if it like gets longevity. But it's a thing that allows you to discreetly attach an air tag to the frame of a bicycle. Hmm. And apparently air tags have a, a one year battery life ish with a standard CR2032 watch battery. 
Um, and yeah, it looks very, very inconspicuous. It just hangs behind where you would normally have either your lock or your um, water bottle or whatever. Um, and yeah, I bought one and it detached just fine. And I've not had a chance to ever need to track my bike, but it does tell me that it's down in the garage all the time. So it's it's neat. And I thought this was kind of an interesting, ingenious way of doing it. So yeah. Hmm. Um, so I, I actually, I do, I do have one for you, um, which I will also send you an Amazon link for. So actually before I send you the link, so we've talked on the show about, um, I think, you know, we both enjoy baking. I think that's fair to say. Um, Mm -hmm. we would also both admit to not being like the world's best bakers and with both baking and cooking in general, dare you (laughs) being, being, a bit on the slower side. So like if something says, you no, know, hey, this is no, going to take... It's, it's 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 that every recipe lies and tells you it's going to take a third of the time. No, I'm we're not doing anything wrong. Okay. All right. Well, it's, it's t- fake news. T- t- tomato, tomato. Uh, um, so, you know, as somebody who enjoys baking, but then often will, you know, find a recipe that then ends up taking you know, like a couple of hours to make and it's kind of just a big kind of pain in the butt and it can sometimes become kind of frustrating instead of fun. Um, I I came across, um, um, uh, and, and this has been a recent Instagram follow. Um, her name, I think, is, I've never actually pronounced it out loud. I think it would be Elise, maybe? has a kind of a unique spelling at least to us here in the US. Um but she has a an Instagram handle fitwaffle. Um and okay. I I looked up to see if she had any um baking books and sure enough she does including this one which I'll now finally send you the link to which is a book full of mostly three ingredient recipes. So they're very very simple um so is the name fit waffle a misnomer are the is this a health food cookbook no definitely not yeah okay definitely not health food um so we over the weekend i made the the first thing from this book which which were homemade um peanut butter cups and they were tremendously easy and really good so i i appreciate what this this book does which is try to make it so that people like me who are kind of slow in the kitchen can still bake some fun tasty stuff and and she's a good she's a good um instagram follow as well and apparently she has a youtube channel with over a million subscribers so yeah Mm -hmm. um so i'm on the i'm on the amazon product page uh these chocolate uh, the stuffed chocolate muffins do not um inspire a lot of confidence but these uh these crepes look delicious mm-hmm. yeah mm. interesting so have you you've only you've only baked one thing out of it just one thing yeah and so it's 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 like 90 percent three ingredient super simple recipes and then there's a there's a section at the end that's got 10 or 15 or so slightly more complicated um recipes as well hmm cool yeah. So, and she's actually she's got a um a new book that's coming out maybe tomorrow, um, um or sometime 
soon. I think, well, maybe it's, I, I think she's based in the UK. Um, so maybe it's just coming out in Europe this week and then it's coming out in the US later because, yeah, Amazon says May 23rd here. But it's the, the premise of that is a hundred different desserts that you can make in um, like an eight by eight pan or something. So probably. apparently it is coming out May 23rd in the US. Yeah. Um, and also kind of a cute thing is that we've, we've bought in a couple of baking books the last um, couple of months and the, the older, the older new housemate absolutely loves just flipping through them. So that's kind of, that's kind of delightful too. Nice. 